the shows I take mean more than the points I make. Like how I say things that the earth shouldn't take. How I'm screaming out. Like all the time In hopes that these hang-ups will somehow unwind And these terrible scenarios Seem like all I know So I'll pack up some feelings to take to the listening to Left of the Dial. I'm your host, Kitsy, and with me once again is the unimpunable Caleb Coy. <laughs> I, I do what I do without impunity. That's correct. <laughs> I, now, you said that you, uh, you double-checked yourself on the pronunciation. How did you think it was pronounced? Uh, well, cause, so... So I have a Google Doc of full of a bunch of different words that I, I collected one day because I always panic at the last minute and go, oh, shit, I need to find a new word that I haven't used before. Uh, and so I was scrolling through, and I thought this one said unimpungible. <laughs> and that sounded like a very interesting word to me. Uh, and at the very last second, I realized that's not how that's not how that word is. That's not what that word I, is at all. Like, can't be made to be pungent? I guess. Maybe we'll find out some other day if I find out that's a real word and get to use it. Or unexpungible. But anyway, uh, we have a very special guest with us today. We have Andy from Dikembe. Andy, welcome to the podcast. What's up? Hello. How you doing? How's it going? I'm doing all right. I'm 
I was saying earlier, I'm feeling a little bit stressed out because uh, my beloved Miami Heat are playing Game Six in the finals tonight. So oh, I'm, uh, I've got butterflies for sure. Is this a uh, is this an elimination? This they, is, uh, yeah, this is it. Yeah. Uh, so ever since Game Five, uh, they've been facing elimination. Uh, they won on Friday night in a uh, just masterpiece performance in Jimmy Butler. So. Tonight we're playing game six. Let's hope we can force seven. Right on. Yeah. I don't know how you feel about the uh, Sixers being over in uh, Philly, but. Uh, <laughs> or if you follow sports at all, I don't know. I'm going to be honest with you. Uh, when you said, I don't know how you feel about the Sixers being over in, it could have gone 50 50 for me either way if you had said Philly or St. Louis, because I have no fucking clue about any gotcha. of the sports whatsoever. Gotcha. <laughs> but hey, we're not here to talk about sports. Is, here to talk about rock. We're here to talk Hell about yeah. rock and roll. Um, oh, wait, both? Well, Shit. first rock, then roll. Okay, because I only prepared for rock, so I might have to take a moment and uh, study up on a roll. I did most of my preparation in roll, so oh, between the okay, two so of us, yeah, we should have recovered. Recovered, <laughs> recovered. Um, so the first song that you heard coming into the podcast was Old Husks, which is off of Dikembe's new record, Muck. And Andy, do you want to tell us a little bit about this song? So that song is uh, sort of, lyrically, it's like an indictment on the uh, music industry as a whole, like record labels kind of just like using you while you're profitable and kind of moving on rather quickly, I guess. And... uh, yeah, uh, it's one of my favorite songs musically on the album. It's a little bit different for us as far as the arrangement. There's uh, some piano work that uh, our drummer, David Bell, did a ton of piano and keyboards and all sorts of stuff all over the album. But I, I feel like that performance is is really awesome on his part. And uh, the riff itself was brought in by our bass player, Randy. And... I feel like this song is just like a good example of how like our writing process was. Uh, this is my first time uh, writing with Dikembe. Um, the first album I've ever performed on with Dikembe. And I've been in the band for about three years now. And it just felt like a very collaborative kind of uh, song. You know, Steven came in with like a bunch of these, you know, cool vocal ideas and, we kind of just like piece it all together. So that was a fun one for sure. I absolutely loved the intro to the song. I mean, whole song, but the uh, intro really stood out to me with the, the guitars and the, the drums just kind of dancing around each other the way that yeah. they do. It was really fucking brilliant. Uh, yeah. Uh, our bass player, Randy, as I said earlier, brought that uh, riff in. We were all super psyched on it. We, uh, I, I think he had been chasing this like, uh, small brown bike esque guitar line for quite some time, and he was like, "Oh yeah, that, like yeah. that's that's the one, like that's the one I've been trying to write." So, yeah, nice. I love playing that one for sure, and hopefully one day we'll get to actually play it live. Who knows? Yeah, that we can only hope. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. When, when did this? Uh, when did this actually drop? This was really recent, right? Yeah, it came out. Like in mid-August. Okay, yeah. Yeah. We recorded in January. Well, most of the (sighs) instrumentation was recorded in January. And uh, I think vocals and stuff were finished up like early, early February. So, yeah. 
right so, before everything went to shit. Yeah, let me ask the the really hard, painful question: Were, were there big plans on supporting this record, tour, I, release show, things like that? I mean, honestly, like we didn't get to plan that far ahead. You know, um, we did have a tour lined up for Europe in the spring. Uh, that was canceled. We were going to be on tour, uh, for about three weeks over there, I think, or two and a half weeks, something like that. And, um, you know, we had fest that was supposed to happen, you know, late October. Um, lineup was going to be so fucking good. Yeah. We were all really (laughs) looking forward to it. And, you know, that's like our Gainesville is pretty much like the hometown home base for Dikembe. So it's always like a really great show. It's, you know, safely our best show of the year. It's like almost guaranteed. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it sucks because we didn't even get to the stage where we could plan like, Oh, like we'll do some, some headline dates here and there. Yeah. Like none of that ever came to fruition because, uh, yeah, mid March, everything just sort of shut down for this industry. I mean, for the, you know, foreseeable future. Yeah. I, I don't know. I'm trying to decide if it's like, if it sucks more that you didn't even get to plan the stuff or like would it have sucked more if you planned all this great stuff and then had to cancel it all? Like neither I mean, one's great, obviously, but yeah, like it, it's kind of interesting because I was actually on tour when everything stopped. Uh, I also play in a band called pool kids and we were on tour with the wonder years and Spanish love songs and free throw. Oh, and actually Randy, uh, Dikembe's bass player was also on that tour. He was, uh, you know, selling merch for us and kind of m- making sure we were all in line, keeping keeping an eye on us. And uh, yeah, we had to cancel that, or you know, the tour got canceled. And on our way home, uh, Randy actually got COVID. So oh shit, it was the yeah pretty pretty fucking stressful time. I don't know if I'm allowed to curse. Sorry about that. Oh, oh we yeah. all the fucking time. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it was pretty messed up. So luckily he's doing a lot better, but it it was pretty scary there for a little bit. I can imagine. Yeah. That's good to hear though. Yeah. Yeah. It sucked. So COVID is real for anyone out there that, you know, is an anti-masker or whatever, like, yeah, get with the program. Like this shit is real. (laughs) Yeah. You heard it here. Dikembe says wear a fucking mask. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, and I feel like we we tried to make that point a couple of times. Like we all want to get to where we we can actually go see bands like yours play this shit again. Yeah, and we're not going to get there. People don't put great. their fucking mask on. Yeah. So, uh, because you couldn't, well, maybe not because you couldn't, but I, I noticed uh, something very interesting that caught my eye in these uh, uh, the notes that uh, Andrea sent over to us yes. about about uh, your band is that you released a video game. Uh, to yeah. help promote the record. Tell me about that. Like, how did that come about? Uh, that was one of Randy's awesome ideas. Uh, he's always coming up with like him and Steven, both are always coming up with all these like off the wall, zany ideas. And, uh, we're sort of in this position where like our fan base is sort of like built in. Like we, not to say that like we, we aren't making new fans, Cause I definitely think like this last record has proven like, Oh, there's still some people out there that like are getting into our band now. And that's really awesome. But like, we kind of like have a, you know, tight knit fan base and like a relationship with a lot of our fans. So we kind of get away with like all these silly 
you know, ideas. And uh, Randy was just like, I think I'm going to make a side scroller. And he actually like downloaded all these programs to like build it himself. And then he was like, That's ah, awesome. fuck this. Like, I'm, I'm not <laughs> doing this. Like, this is way too much work. I am in way over my head. So we, uh, we found some guy on or two people on Fiverr, I think, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, wow. Yeah. And so one of them built the game and then somebody else did the, uh, the soundtrack of all the like eight bit versions of our songs. That's cool. That is so cool. Yeah. It was, I, when, when I finally saw the, the completed, you know, project, I was like, damn, this is awesome. And it's really hard. I actually downloaded the, the game earlier when I was uh, listening to the record and started playing it. And yeah, it's, it's surprisingly hard. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's fucking cool though. Uh, and, being someone who uh, was not previously familiar, uh, it seems like there's uh, some some references to, to past uh, Dikembe imagery here. So do you want to talk about that real quick? Uh, yeah. Uh, it has like our little Dikembe monster guy. I, I don't really know if it has a name. We've discussed it a couple of times. Like, oh, like this would be a cool name for it. But it's not like Iron Maiden's Eddie or, or you know, Megadeth's Vic Rattlehead. Like it's just... Some some monster from uh, the medium ship artwork that our buddy Josiah uh, made for us, and uh, yeah, I, I guess the rest of it was kind of the choice of the designer. Okay. But yeah, we've got songs from uh, everything from like the first Chicago Bulls EP all the way up to uh, Muck. So a little a little bit of representation from like every era and iteration of the band. Yeah, that's really fucking cool. Uh, and <clears throat> of course, uh, if you're listening and are interested, uh, it is available both on uh, iOS and Android from the respective app stores, and it is free, and you should definitely fucking try it out. Andy, it's uh, I- I'm so glad that you said, I forget how you said it, but something about like, you know, uh, your fan base is kind of like already built in, and uh, but there are still a few new fans coming on board. And I will say that this week, uh, I am one of those new fans. I have actually not listened to your band uh, until this week, um, yeah, same. Which is uh, which is weird, I think, for me actually, because I've been aware of your band for years. Okay, and I know a lot of people I I'm friends with are like really into your band, and so it's always one of those one of the things like I gotta check that band out sometime, and then that sometime never comes, but it came today, well this week, and uh, I'm stoked it did because I am even more into this than I thought I was going to be. Awesome, that's like, awesome. That's great to hear. I mean, thank yeah, you. Like, uh. Like what I was, I was expecting, just based on like the the scene that you're in and, and you know playing fest all the time is like I was expecting your stereotypical fest, uh, you know punk rock band with uh, you know Cookie Monster vocals and um, you know which <laughs> I love that stuff you know don't get me wrong I've no, listened- I mean you're you're you know you're you're close we've got we've got the beer guts we've got the black t-shirts we've oh, got sure. you know the the jorts and the uh, carabiners. But you know, musically, they're all jokes. <laughs> I'm wearing a black t-shirt and jorts, and I don't know yeah. how to feel right now. <laughs> yeah. But but musically, you're you're a little more complex than than that. Uh, which at least on this record, I haven't listened to your past stuff, so maybe maybe your past stuff's more in line with that. But uh, you know, I was very pleasantly surprised to hear something a little more complex and nuanced and, and interesting than I was expecting. I mean, we were definitely going for something. You know, I don't want to say we were like actively like it has to be different. It has to be different, but 
I mean, coming in, like I was a fan of Dikembe, you know, like I've, I've known Steven and David since like 2011 or 2000. I've known Steven since like almost 2010. So like I've, I've been friendly and, you know, a fan of their band for quite some time. And my old band went on tour with them a couple times. So we've, we've known each other for, for a while and I've seen them play as a four piece. I've seen them play with some other guitar players, some other bass players, and I've seen them play as a three piece and I've always enjoyed the band. So coming in, I was like, I want to like try and I, you know, not to sound like too selfish or something, but I like, I wanted to like put my stamp on it as well, you know, and of say course. like, Oh, like, I would love to hear Dikembe like with this type of guitar line or like with this sort of instrumentation. So I feel like they were really open and, uh, you know, wanted to try every single idea that we possibly could. Anything that was brought in, like was given a fair shot. So it was, it was a fun record to make, you know, it's a a really great way for a band to kind of grow and mature as they, you know, been around for several years now. What, like 2013 was that uh, when they first formed, uh, or was it even earlier? The, their first EP came out in 2011. Okay, so yeah, you know, we're talking about nine years, so you know, like almost yeah. a decade's worth of playing, playing uh, songs, making music. You know, mm-hmm. If the first record came out in 2011, and probably were writing sometime before then. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I mean, as as members come and go, and like new perspectives come in, rather than trying to say like, here's our style, you play this, like that, like idea yeah. of like bringing in new voices and new perspectives is is really cool. Yeah, and you know, I think, um, they gave me like a lot of freedom to kind of like do my thing which I'm very appreciative of. And uh, yeah, I feel like, as I said earlier, uh, it was very collaborative. So every idea was really like given a fair shot. So it was cool. Well, uh, should we talk about uh, another song? Absolutely. Uh, why don't you tell us about Perfect Mess? Existential arrogance Doubt drowning on me I know that I should take a break Start giving out grace and space I know that I should take the day I'm staying anyway
So this song, uh, we had a demo that uh, Stephen, our guitar player and singer, and David, our drummer, uh, brought in, and it had drums and it had like more of like the standard kind of like rock, uh, I guess skeleton. I, I would call it. You know, we call it like demo skeletons and stuff, or the structure of skeleton. And sure. uh, so it had this like kind of like drivey but like mellow feel i guess and uh when we went in the studio it's kind of like ah i feel like it'd be really cool if we just like dropped the drums completely and kind of like stripped it so that it was like more bare and uh i don't know atmospheric because a lot of the songs on the record like they have this like really heavy kind of like girthy sound and I just didn't want people to be like exhausted, I guess. Uh, That makes sense. So yeah, that was another one where like in the studio, we had like a lot of experimentation with like keyboard sounds and like layering guitar sounds. And um, that intro line uh, is played on a bass six, which is like a, uh, it's like in between a guitar and a bass, I guess it's, tuned e to e like a like a guitar but it has like the tonality of a bass Mm -hmm. and so uh that first guitar line was actually like played on guitar in the demo and i was like i think it'd be cool if it was like a bass sound and you know the guys were really open to it and we just started from there and kind of built this like new version of the song so that was a really cool one and i like the lyrics a lot uh steven came in with those and I was like trying to decipher it. I was like, I, I can't really understand what this one's about. And he was like, Oh yeah, it's like my neighbors. They like leave me like presents and stuff. I don't know. He, he hangs out in this like gazebo behind his house where he like works on music and works on lessons and stuff. He's a teacher. Okay. And, uh, he said that this woman, this neighbor of his, like left him like some sodas or something. I don't know. It's just like a cool, like, sweet song i think you know neat yeah that's really cool yeah i feel like it's a good like breather from the songs that uh that the song that precedes it and what follows because i think our heaviest song is probably like immediately after that nice yeah and like i I definitely there's a part of me that would love to hear that original demo version just to hear the difference in it and to hear like what that original uh, thought process was but i love that this is the direction that you went with it because it's such a like gentle song in the middle of this big rock record and yeah i'm always a sucker for that yeah i mean i you know we all listen to all sorts of music i listen to a ton of heavy music so i'm like i'm totally cool with an album being just like you know, full tilt from start to finish, but 
I think for our band, like we definitely have like a, a little bit more of a like sensitive side that I, I wanted to really emphasize on this song. So, and I'm sure at some point you'll probably hear the demo. Uh, Dikembe is always like sort of put out like little uh, like Bandcamp only uh, releases that are like, oh, this is so their last record was Hail Something, and they have this demo uh, record called Hail Nothing that has like songs oh, cool. that didn't make the cut. So maybe at some point you'll probably hear it. Right on. Nice. Yeah. That's awesome. Uh, speaking of Bandcamp, uh, that's uh, something that we like to promote a lot here because of their their stance on you know making sure that more money goes directly to uh, to artists and being more involved in the community with things like Bandcamp uh, Friday and whatnot. Uh, and I noticed that uh, for this record, uh, you'll did a, a portion of the proceeds to a, a special cause. Uh, can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. So uh, we wanted to try and help out the Gainesville community. So we partnered with uh, Grace Marketplace and they do a lot of work uh, getting people off the street and like into uh, homes. And uh, they do a lot of like outreach with, with the uh, homeless community in Gainesville. So we wanted to try and just, you know, have some sort of positive impact on this, you know, crazy world that we live in, especially now. And uh, I think with, with all that's going on, like in our society, uh, bands should be giving back as much as they possibly can. Like, we don't really do this for, for the money, you know, like our band has been around a while. Like we have jobs, we have careers. Uh, this is, you know, something that makes us feel good. So we figured, you know, we got to make somebody else feel good as well. Right on. Yeah, uh, and we'll have a link to um, Grace Marketplace in the uh, the show notes. Awesome. Uh, but if uh, folks want to check it out, there's links on there where you can get involved. If you're in the Gainesville area, you can uh, volunteer your time. Uh, if you're not or if you aren't able to be in person, there's ways to, to donate, to help out. Uh, and, of course, uh, as we mentioned, purchasing the Dikembe album uh, will, by default, be uh giving a portion to the, this cause as well. So, you know, you can support you know, the band as well as this, uh, this organization. Uh, and on that note, Kitsy, don't we have uh, something else going on with Bandcamp right now? Oh, hey, speaking of Bandcamp, uh, we are currently in the middle of a $100 Bandcamp gift card giveaway. Uh, so, yeah, next Friday, uh, I believe, the, is when the winner will be drawn. Uh, and we will announce it on the show if possible. Uh, if not, it'll be the next week. But anyway, uh, we'll be, we got another week left to enter. So if you head on over to our Twitter account, which is left of the dial PC, uh, the PC stands for podcast, uh, <laughs> or check out the show notes uh, of this episode, we will have a link to how you can enter that giveaway. And uh, there's some cool stuff you can do, like uh, to, to kind of up your chances. Like you can send a tweet and that'll give you more chances. Or you can, uh, if you subscribe to the podcast through the, uh, through the thing there it'll give you some more chances uh and hey caleb speaking of subscribing to our podcast uh would you recommend that uh i would recommend that in fact uh i would recommend that you uh you always subscribe whenever possible uh you know to make sure that you get uh, notified of all your favorite shows when they uh when they drop a new episode we do that weekly here at left of the dial 
Uh, and if you ever find yourself over on nightshiftradio.com, uh, you can see that we've got uh, a few other shows, uh, in fact, five in total right now, and um, most of those are weekly shows as well. So if you want to want to catch up with those and, and keep in the know, uh, make sure you subscribe to those as well. Uh, that way, every week, you get that uh, new episode right in your pod box. That's true. Most of them are go- uh, are weekly, and some of them are even good, so... <laughs> <laughs> you almost admitted that most of them are good. I almost admitted it. Uh, <laughs> no, they're all they're all good. I like all of them. Um, but we're not here to plug ourselves shamelessly for the entire time. So, uh, <laughs> but hey, speaking of shamelessly, uh, the next song we want to talk about is uh, "Shame," and I would love to hear a little bit about this one. I would say it's probably my favorite song on the record. Um, hey, me too. Awesome. That's uh, that's great to hear. Uh, we got to play it a couple times before uh, before shows were halted indefinitely. Uh, we did we did like a handful of shows right before we recorded to uh, just kind of get like more of a a feel on what we were going for. We were kind of hoping that like over the course of a few shows we'd be like, okay, like this works about this part and this doesn't, you know, because we we ended up recording most of this record, uh, you know. Not exactly live, uh, but we played along to David as he tracked the drums and stuff because we wanted to get like as natural a feel as possible. Okay. As opposed to him playing to just like, you know, pre recorded scratch guitar tracks. So, Shame. Uh, this is a- another song that the initial idea was brought in by Randy. Uh, he had this like really cool Smashing Pumpkins uh, esque bass line. Uh, and I was like, oh, that's so, uh, you know, Stephen and I were both like really down with the, with the feel of the uh, bass part. We wanted to like make sure that was the focus of the song. So uh, when we were jamming on it and trying to figure out, you know, where we should go with it, uh, I kind of came in with this, like, I'm always messing around with like effects and stuff and honestly just fucking around trying to make them laugh in the in the rehearsal space <laughs> and uh i had this like uh octave up effect on the guitar and they were like oh yeah like that that's definitely it and i, I was kind of like just messing around as a joke and i was like man i guess that actually worked for once but uh when that happens yeah I'm, I'm so glad you brought that part up because uh one of the reasons this is my favorite song on the record is that part specifically gives me serious OK Computer vibes. Okay, so uh, Radiohead is definitely one of my favorite bands. It's one of Steven's favorite bands as well. And awesome. uh, that was, you know, kind of what we were going for as far as, like, the vibe of the song. We we took, like, three bands that we love and, like, tried to smash them together. So the, uh, the bass intro is, like, very Smashing Pumpkins-esque. And then the guitar comes in, it's like, okay, like... Maybe there's like a hint of Johnny Greenwood Radiohead vibe. And then when the chorus comes in, we tried to go for like a big like Foo Fighters kind of like heavy, you know, power chords and, and octaves sort of thing. So yeah. I'm glad that came through. I definitely get some Foo Fighters energy off that chorus too. I think y'all really nailed those uh, those influences uh, melding them into this song because it's, uh, it's super cool. Yeah, that, that one was one that came together rather quickly. I feel like there are a bunch of different versions of, of most of these songs, but feel like with the exception of 
shame and uh, I'm trying to think maybe sick and throat. Like those three didn't change too, too much from like the initial demos, like, you know, aside from maybe some small structural things or lyrics or whatnot. But yeah, shame is definitely my favorite. And I was really looking forward to maybe putting out a music video for that at some point, kind of trying to take everything day by day at, at this point, you know, not really like looking to spend too much money on, on putting anything out. If, uh, if we can't even play the shows. So yeah, true. Um, although it should be said that our music video for all got sick costs $50. So anybody can do it. Uh, <laughs> uh you know what? I was debating whether or not to uh, include a link to that since we're not specifically talking about that mm-hmm. song, but I'm going to because you, you brought it up. I watched it earlier. Uh, it's very disconcerting. <laughs> it's, it's a little horrifying. Uh, so Randy got this like face swap app and he was sending us all these, you know, little videos of him on like Shakira's body and stuff. And we were, you know, just, goofing around like <laughs> cracking up on our little like Facebook group chat or whatever. And, uh, he came, he came at me with this idea about like, what if we were in like all of our favorite music videos <laughs> yeah. and we were just like, dude, yes. Like somebody's going to do it. Cause like all these like deep fake videos are like kind of everywhere now. We were like, somebody's going to do it. Like we got to be the first, we got to be the first. So uh, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad it's out there, though it may be nightmare-inducing for some. It is somewhat horrifying, but uh, yeah. definitely worth a watch. And uh, like I said, we'll, we'll include a, a link to it because cool. It's 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 interesting to say the least. Yeah, uh, and it's funny, like you know, between like you talking about the the influences for shame and uh, me recognizing a bunch of the videos that were uh, spoofed in All Got Sick video, uh, it it makes a lot of sense. That one of the the reviews that I uh, that I was reading through earlier, uh, which I always take reviews with a grain of salt because I, I know that perspective is different from person to person. For sure. And sometimes Besides misses music, the mark. Music critics are all hacks anyway. <laughs> you know, I've got, I've, you know, I've got my, my opinions on, on music writers, but they're, you know, the, they're, they're see, trying to help, I think. See, the joke there is that Caleb and I are music critics via this podcast. <laughs> so. I mean, you, you know, like, <laughs> You're not you're not doing anyone a disservice, so we're not, we try not to. We're not writing anything down. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, you do write the show notes. That's true. Um, but yeah, so the, one of them uh, talked about the like this new record, kind of leaving behind some of the uh, more like indie stylings of past records and mm-hmm. having more of a Soundgarden vibe. Uh, which was I, I thought was kind Love of an that. interesting comparison, but like it definitely fits with the uh, the influences that y'all have and like the genres that you were pulling from. Uh, yeah. And I hear a little bit of that in in this track as well because it's so like so big, so heavy, but like kind of droney. Yeah. Uh, well, Soundgarden was obviously a huge influence on uh, you know the making of this record. If I had to choose, like you know, five or ten bands that we really wanted to like capture the, the, uh, the atmosphere of, I'd say Soundgarden is definitely one of them. Uh, uh, super unknown, uh, down on the upside, like that kind of like later era Soundgarden. Right on. Um, 
Yeah. Huge band for me as well. Uh, I'm 30. My parents were 25 when I was born. So growing up, you know, the music in my house was Nirvana, Soundgarden, you know, Pearl Jam. My parents are obsessed with Pearl Jam. Like, right on. Uh, I think my mom has seen them like 40 or 50 times, like n- not even exaggerating. Uh, they, they have taken my brother and I on family vacations to go see Pearl Jam. <laughs> That's so, so cool. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, I am definitely like when I was, a, when I was younger, I was definitely like, Oh yeah. Like Pearl Jam is whack. Like I like Metallica or like, I like Megadeth. Like this is too soft for me. And now I'm like, holy shit dude like my parents are so fucking cool <laughs> like thank yeah. good thank goodness that i grew up with them so Hell yeah man. soundgarden like kim thale especially his his guitar playing is like huge for me as as well as mike mccready from pearl jam but uh yeah that's cool that you that you got the uh soundgarden vibe that's yeah the, that's not those sound like extremely cool parents are they adopting currently <laughs> I mean, they, they've definitely taken in a few of my friends as as if they were strays. So again, super cool parents. It sounds yeah, like. yeah. They they are red, but yeah. Growing up, like all the music in the house was like a mishmash of like you know late seventies rock, like eighties new wave, nineties uh, like grunge music, and uh, like Green Day, and like that sort of like alternative rock that exploded in the 90s so growing up was cool man that was that was fucking awesome yeah there was always like music playing in our house and my my parents aren't musicians or anything but they're appreciators of music and music lovers so they're always turning me on to to something cool well we're gonna hear shame off of the new album muck from dikembe and hear a word from our sponsor this week and when we come back we're gonna be talking about uh, a very special influence so stay tuned in tip-top shape With a hole in my face Had nothing to say Still tried on
You're listening to a Night Shift Radio production. Night Shift Radio is a modern media company bringing you shows that entertain, inform, and most importantly, provide an escape. Never Heard of It dives into the world of bad, obscure, and sometimes just weird movies. Follow along with the crew of Set Condition One as they experience the 2004 sci-fi hit Battlestar Galactica, one episode at a time. Each week on Left of the Dial, we explore a new record or revisit an old favorite. We'll bring in guests to talk about their own music and the state of the industry. The Superpod HeroCast. Guys with beers talking about movies with capes. They draw a random comic-inspired movie from Thor's helmet and offer thorough, insightful, and humorous commentary. And once a month, tune into the Storyteller series and get lost in the magic of a good old-fashioned radio drama. Learn more about these fine shows at nightshiftradio.com and subscribe on your favorite platform. You're still listening to Left of the Dial. I am still Kitsy. Caleb is still unimpunable. And we are still talking with Andy from Dikembe. I'm going to look that up and make sure it means what I think it does. I don't want to be find myself in an inconceivable situation. <laughs> That's very fair. Uh, well, while Caleb's <laughs> looking that up, uh, I'm, I'm sure this is not news to anyone listening to this podcast at this point. Uh, but uh, we are all very saddened to hear of the passing of Edward Van Halen of the band Van Halen, uh, who passed away after a battle with cancer uh, uh, shortly ago, not too long ago. And uh, because of that, uh, Andy wanted to talk about some of his Van, uh, favorite Van Halen songs. Um, we can't actually play them on the podcast because like Van Halen's like on a major record label that has like actual lawyers and money for lawsuits. Uh, so we're just going to say, Hey, if you want to check these out, just go listen to them yourself. They're up on Spotify and stuff. So, um, we're not going to actually put the Van Halen songs in the podcast. Uh, so just an FYI, but, uh, yeah, Andy, what, uh, do you want to talk a little bit about, uh, what Eddie Van Halen meant to you and, and, uh, how he influenced you? Sure. So I'll start off by saying that, uh, Van Halen's music, uh, is probably not a great, uh, indicator of what Dikembe's music is like or our direct influences. But uh, as far as guitar playing goes uh, from my, you know, my circle of, of musician friends to, you know, our idols, every single guitar player looked up to Eddie Van Halen and uh, thought of him as like the guitar God. Uh, there are definitely guys that can shred faster and some, some uh, dudes that have, you know, some wilder techniques and whatnot, but, you know, as far as like serving the song and also being just, you know, lightning, uh, he was the best ever. So it was pretty crazy to see like all the tributes from like every guitar player that I look up to this past week, every single one. And I, I would argue that while there are, uh, guitar players who can shred faster, and do you know do even more advanced stuff i would argue that he paved the way for all of those guitar players 100 percent. and they would not be doing what they're doing today had he not done it first so uh, absolutely like you know i i put him on that level of like you know a guitar player like you know Jimi hendrix uh like even if you're not super into the music because i'm not really a van halen fan i don't really dig their music but like the guy's uh, innovation in guitar and just his expertise and his uh, his talent are just undeniable. And yeah, 
you know, as a musician, as a guitar player, like, again, even if you're not into that kind of playing, you have to look at that and go, God damn, like, that's impressive. And it's funny because I feel like I've seen some tributes that have likened his, like, his influence on popular music to, like, what Mozart was, you know? Okay. Uh, and it's And I, like, at first I was reading it like, geez, like, are we, like, are we really at that level? But it's true. Like, <laughs> if not for him, there wouldn't be, like, you know, the thousands of bands that, like, tried to uh, just rip what Van Halen did. Yeah. And, you know, that that branch, like, spreads out, you know, across every genre. So whether whether or not Dikembe is influenced by Van Halen, like, yeah, probably not. Like, our songs aren't really about, like, partying and stuff and, like... The, you know, the, the music is silly, but it's, you know, it's near to me. It's fun music. Um, but yeah, like as far as bands that started after Van Halen, like, you know, all those bands led to our band. You know what I mean? Yeah. I love that you make the reference to Mozart because for the, our, our listeners who don't get the benefit of being on video chat with you, you look like a painting of a classical composer. <laughs> right. Yes, very much so. <laughs> yeah, I've got the uh, the long, crazy hair, I guess. just It's magnificent. You picked a few Van Halen songs to discuss, and I have to say I was, I don't know, surprised isn't the right word, but like you didn't pick the obvious choices, and I really appreciate that. Yeah, like... I mean, I think everybody has heard Running with the Devil, you know, like yeah. everybody knows Unchained and Panama and Hot mm-hmm. for Teacher. Like those songs are, are still played on the radio every single day and yeah. probably will be until, you know, terrestrial radio is like terminated or whatever. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know if you want to like jump into those songs or not or. or... Yeah. Why don't we jump into those? Uh do you want to just go down the list? Start with little guitars. Sure, sure. I'll try and like keep it as as short as possible because I want to m- mostly focus on on Dikembe stuff. But you know, I, I I am a a huge Van Halen fan, so I'll I'll try and keep it brief. Uh, let's see, little guitars. All right, so this is on their album Diver Down, which is uh not exactly my favorite Van Halen record. I think it's super corny. It's like half cover songs and just like. You could tell like the band was like not in a good place when they made this record. No, something about it is just like, yeah, that feels like half-assed kind of. Okay. But this song just rips. Something about it is just like it's it's all the like lighthearted and fun aspects of like their earlier records, like Van Halen and Van Halen Two, uh, and the guitar part, or I guess the the main guitar riff is just like this really like bouncy uh electric kind of like just it's just a great riff and uh it always makes me happy when when it comes on it like has never failed to like lift me out of like a bad mood uh sometimes you know people listen to music when they're when they're down and like i try to stay away from like the more depressing stuff and this song always just does it for me i don't know what it is but just like lighthearted and fun and i read somewhere that like david lee roth heard the riff and was like oh yeah that sounds that sounds mexican i'm gonna write it about a senorita or something like that (laughs) that's why like that's why senorita is like it's like said over and over and i find that hysterical 
So the next song that you put on the list was uh, Dance the Night Away. Yeah. And I'll be honest, this is the only Van Halen song on this list I've even heard before. Okay. I did not, I have not heard the other three before uh, you sent us this list. And that was kind of an interesting thing for me because it's like, you know, you, you hear all the hits, right? Everyone, everyone's heard all of Van Halen's hits, right? Yep. If you've yep. like lived, well, I shouldn't say everyone, but like if you've lived in America and you've listened to the radio, you have heard the Van Halen hits. The radio, or like you've watched television, commercials, or like yeah. commercials. Just, yeah, it's just walked around, yeah, in public. Yeah, you have, you have heard the Van Halen hits. It's in the uh, and, cultural zeitgeist, as they say. Yeah, exactly. exactly. And so, like, you think, like, I know what every Van Halen song sounds like, and then you hear some songs that are like you've never heard before, and it's like, this is kind of weird. Like, it's Van Halen, but I, it's not familiar. Yeah. And that was a very cool experience. But this one, uh, this one I had heard, because uh, this one I believe was, uh, I've definitely heard on the radio before. Yeah, for sure. Um, so yeah, t- talk to us about Dance the Night Away. What made you put this one on the list? Uh, this song is on my favorite Van Halen record, which is their second, Van Halen 2. And uh, I think this is just like a great example of how like Eddie didn't even need to have like the guitar pyrotechnics like to make an impact on the song. Uh, like there's no like crazy guitar solo in this, which is like rare for a Van Halen song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just, it's, uh, it's got pop sensibility, you know? And like, you yeah, can tell for sure. it's, it's like, it's got a vibe, you know, it, it almost sounds like in my opinion, like they were going for like a beach boys esque kind of vibe as far as like, you know, the, the harmonies in the, in the yeah. chorus and like, you know, dance the night away. Like you could imagine like the beach boy saying something like that, you know, Absolutely. maybe it would be like surf the day away or something, <laughs> but it would, it would seriously like have that same, that same sort of vibe. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, this is another one of those songs. that's just like, it's always like, it's, it's never failed to, to put me in a good mood for sure. Yeah. So mean streets. Tell me about that. This song comes on and you're just like, Oh shit. I'm about to hear a Van Halen record. Like it's just, like pyrotechnics, you know, I, I mentioned it with uh, Dance the Night Away. Like that song doesn't have the pyrotechnics and he makes an, inf- you know, a uh, an atmosphere and like creates this mood. And this one, he does like the complete opposite. It's like, here we go, like full blown shredding, like to, to kick it off. And it's very interesting because it's all like harmonics and like tap. It's tapping, but it's like slapping. So I don't know. I've tried to learn this like, 15 times over the years and every single time i'm like man i suck at guitar (laughs) but yeah i just love the uh the feel of the song it's got so much attitude and uh the the response to trying to learn from like one of the fucking legends is like oh i'm so terrible at this (laughs) not like oh this guy was amazing and i'm just not there (laughs) yeah it's always gonna go back to i'm terrible yeah, <laughs> I think that's I, just I, like I feel that who I am. <laughs> a lot of us, I guess. Yeah, that's true. Uh, th- and there's a little bit of an element of funk to this too, for sure. I feel like the drum beat has got like a like funk disco kind of vibe. It's like all the like hi hat work, which yeah, is I mean, cool. The, you know, like they're they're like a heavy rock band, but they definitely show like you know other influences musically, whether it's like you know, funk or blues or, or, you know, anything like that. 
You throw just a little bit of wah on this guitar riff, and it's a totally different song. Absolutely. <laughs> that that fast shaft wah. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah, you can almost I can't you can do see that like well. the uh, I don't know like the intro credits to like a police procedural show would start up. <laughs> yes, or like oh, a seventies buddy cop movie. Exactly. Exactly. Very like Starsky and Hutch or something. And yeah, as I said, like it, it has like attitude, you know. <laughs> yeah, no, but, it does. It does kind of start off with like it's got that like, you know, hey, I hope you didn't need your face. Cause I'm about to shred it off. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> well, should we uh, move on to I'll wait? Yeah, uh, I actually kind of picked this song, and like this is like the one song that I can like maybe tie into Dikembe somehow. Okay. Uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna try my best. So let's see if this works. We believe uh, in you. You know, this is like one of their hit songs. I like, not a, a super hit, but this was a single as well. And uh, the fact that it's got like so much keyboard work. I guess uh, the album 1984 has a lot of like keyboard and synth stuff on it. Like Jump is on that album, and uh, I think they were trying something new and like trying to move in like a certain direction. And, you know, Dikembe was trying a bunch of new stuff and we tried to incorporate piano and keys and and synth and all this stuff into our last record. So, uh, I just love when bands like step out of the box that everybody is familiar with them, you know, being in, uh, I've been in a lot of bands over the years and, you know, it's frustrating that sometimes, you know, you put out like one or two records that sound a certain way and everyone is, expects that like next thing to be the last thing, you know, and maybe that's yep. not where you're at in your life or, uh, you know, musically, professionally, wherever. And I, th- I think there's like a lot of uh, unnecessary like hating that goes on in those people's lives who are like, oh, like, they don't sound like this record anymore. They suck now. That's like, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what's the, like, w- that's not even like a good critique. No, <laughs> you know, that's like not. That's the laziest critique that a person can give is, Oh, that sucks. Or, Oh, I could do that better. Like, that's just lazy. So, yeah. uh, yeah. Yeah. Usually yeah. as soon as I hear someone say, it's like that sucks in, re- in regards to like talking about music. I'm like, okay, I don't need to listen to your opinions anymore. Yeah. Cause... Yeah. I, I, I agree. Uh, we have come to uh, almost the end of our podcast, but we do have uh, one more song to talk about from Muck. Uh, but before we do, Andy, is there anything else that you that you want to plug? Anything you want to mention? Um, well, our album Muck is on uh, Skeletal Lightning Records. They've got a ton of great acts. Uh, they're a great, you know, small independent label that a lot of people are you know, they definitely need to check out. Uh, they've got all sorts of bands from like screamo to punk, math, rock, emo, uh, bands like Jillian Carter, Vasudeva, uh, Harmony Woods, pool kids, another band that I'm, I'm playing with. Uh, so yeah, uh, check out skeletal lightning records and, uh, our new record muck. If you're into the podcast, thanks for listening. Uh, thanks for, you know, having me, uh, 
Yeah, and check out Grace Marketplace, too. They're doing a lot of uh, great work in, in the Gainesville area. Try to serve your community as best as you can. Find right the uh, the people who are in the most need of assistance and lend a hand because uh, our, our society really needs it right now. So Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, I don't have anything specific to say about any particular city, but I know a lot of communities are hurting right now, so... If you have the capacity for, you know, assistance, do it. Get out there. Like, don't let anything stop you. Yeah, and if you know uh, an organization in your city that is doing some good and is helping some people, uh, tweet at us, and we will retweet that. Um, and you can do that at Left of the Dial PC. Uh, the PC does stand for podcast. That is also our handle on Instagram. You can follow us over there as well. Uh, yeah, but Caleb, where else can they find us? Uh, well, you can, uh, head on over to nightshiftradio.com and check out, uh, all the, the various shows. I think we might've mentioned this earlier, but it, it bears repeating. Yeah. Uh, we've got, uh, five shows and counting on the Night Shift Radio Network, uh, as well as some, some really fun, uh, blog content and, uh, some, some print edition for our Storyteller Series show, uh, if you prefer to, to read the stories. Uh, and then we also, we've got a brand new merch store that you can find linked off of there. Uh, and so if you're, if you're enjoying any of the shows and you want to, to represent and, uh, show off to, uh, to your friends and family and pets, cause let's face it, you probably aren't going anywhere. <laughs> uh, check it out. In fact, uh, you, uh, you, you can't see because this is an audio only format, but somewhere around here is my tiny dog who is wearing uh, her very own pet hoodie from uh, the Night Shift Radio merch store. Uh, so it's so a lots of great stuff on there that you can check out and show a little love. Yeah, so you can sh- you can show off for your pet, or your pet can show off for you, or you can have your own fashion show where the two of you just try on all the stuff. It's it'll be great. Yeah, yeah you can fanny packs and mugs and and masks for when you do go out wearing your brand new hoodie as well. And, and we have masks now. That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't yeah, know that. That's so cool. Strut it for the uh, for the for the neighborhood as you're you're going to get your your takeout food and and go right back home because we all know you're being very responsible and and not fucking around. <laughs> or at least you better be. <laughs> or uh, Dikembe is going to come get you. Yeah, please no, please no fucking around. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and of course, you can also find us at leftofthedial.fm where you can listen to this episode and all of our past episodes and probably all of our future episodes as well. Uh, you can also get show notes and links to everything that we've talked about in this episode and past episodes. And uh, Andy mentioned Harmony Woods there in the lineup for Skeletal Lightning, and we covered uh, one of their records very early on in the podcast. So if you're interested so in that, go back and listen to it, because that was one of our favorites for sure. So very good. And with all that out of the way, we have one more track off of Dikembe's new album, Muck, to talk about, and that is Leveled Again. So that song, uh, kind of a long story about that one. Um, we had uh, we had been writing for the album for about two years, and at the end of one of our like very long, exhausting like six hour days, you know, trying out ideas and you know scrapping this and adding the, you know another part, we were just kind of like suffering from a little bit of cabin fever, I guess. So we like switched instruments just to like mess around for a little bit. And, uh, Steven and I were, we were both still playing guitar, but we kind of like started playing this, like sort of like call and response, like guitar part. And, uh, we were like, Oh, like that, that's kind of cool. Like 
maybe we'll work on that later. And we never ended up like fully flushing it out. And uh, I had some, some lyrics that I, uh, this is actually the first song that I've ever contributed like a majority of the lyrics to. And uh, so I had these like lyrics that were sitting around and I was trying to like figure out a way to like, I don't know. I, I, I just felt like the album was like missing one song in particular. I was like, I have a feeling that that jam or, you know, we record all of our, uh, rehearsals so like that bit was saved and i was like i need to like go back and revisit this and think about like how this can be like made into a song because i just i had so many ideas for it so we went into the studio and we started working on this one like pretty much from the ground up like we we had guitar parts but we had no idea how that they were gonna you know, work together. We didn't really have drum parts. We didn't have any of this stuff. So I started playing the guitar, like just messing around in the control room. And David, our drummer, um, he went over to a piano that was in the live room that was actually like set up kind of near his drums. And he started playing along to what I was playing. And I was like, dude, like that is amazing. Like everybody like sort of lit up like, Oh shit. Like, are we about to have like a fucking piano ballad on the album? And so, yes. uh, <laughs> you know, that, that song, we kind of like built it in the studio as far as like, okay, like I think we should do it this long. I think this part should be this long. I think this should be, you know, in the middle here. And we just kind of pieced it together from a bunch of like, you know, ideas that, that I or, and David had. And, uh, we didn't even have like vocal melodies for it. Like before uh, Steven started tracking, like I just had uh, these lyrics that were like really important to me. They were about uh, a friend of mine that I lost a couple years ago. And uh, the whole song is sort of about like, you know, like reconciling that uh, you, you can't control things, you know? And it's a song about like acceptance and, and reconciliation. So, uh, Steven really did like a pretty fucking awesome job. I think of like taking my, my lyrics and like yeah. sort of making them, uh, about, uh, an event that was very similar to him. Uh, he lost his mom like a year and a half ago. And he like when he read the lyrics, he was like, dude, like I, I feel like you wrote this song, like, a, you know, this is my story too, you know? So yeah. it was, it was pretty crazy that like, we both had this like sort of traumatic thing happen. Like his obviously like far worse than mine. Like, you know, this, this guy was like a really good friend of mine, but it, it wasn't my mom, you know, it wasn't like somebody so close to me. And, uh, I feel like he, he really gave like an informed and emotional performance. And so, it, it really is a special song to me. And uh, I tried to go like absolutely ham with the guitar playing at the end of it. Cause I was like, this is an album closer. Like it shouldn't just be like, you know, soft and brooding. Like let's like build it up real, real big. And yeah, um, I think we're all really proud of that. And surprisingly, like a lot of the people, a lot of our friends 
that have heard the record were like, I can't believe this is Dikembe. Like this does not sound like a Dikembe song, but it somehow is a Dikembe song. Like it just works. So I'm, I'm really glad that, uh, my bandmates, uh, David and Randy and Steven all gave, gave me a chance to like try and, uh, put something together like so late in the game, as far as like writing and recording music goes, like I've never been in a band that like wrote a song in the studio, you know? Mm -hmm. So it was cool that we like kind of pieced this one together like that. And it's, I mean, fucking nail it as a closing song. Like, Oh yeah. I feel like the, the record without it would have been a, a great record, but like this caps it off so perfectly uh, and like, there's so much like raw emotion in it. It's so like from the like really quiet intro to the huge middle and like back down and like it's just there's such a, a like a dynamic range there and it's it's a ride and it's like it's a like I feel like it's exactly the kind of song that you want to leave people with because it make them feel like a little bit worn out but like wanting to start over. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> uh, we definitely like. I don't know. I feel I, I feel like uh, there were there were points where I was like, you know, as I said, this is my first record with Dikembe, and there were definitely times when I was like, am I overdoing it on the guitar? Like, because none of their albums have like guitar solos or like the leads are like not as prominent, I guess. So I was always like, is this like too much? Is this too much? And this song especially, I was like, ah. Uh, I wonder what they're going to say when I'm like, yeah, the end needs uh, two guitar solos on top of each other, <laughs> you know, like, and I'm glad they were like, hell yeah, dude, like go for it. <laughs> so that was, that was really fun. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. It was definitely also a, uh, a maddening exercise at one point. Cause I was playing all these different guitar parts and I was like at the point where, I was just thinking, am I even like, it, is this even making sense anymore? Like, is, this, <laughs> is this like, is this good? Is this bad? Do I suck? It was, uh, you know, again, back to the like, I'm bad. I, I have no worth. This is not musical. Like, but I'm glad it uh, came together the way it did. And I'm glad I had like coaches, you know, in the studio in yeah. uh, David and Randy and Steven. That's another thing, like making this record that I, I felt like, you know, it's it's kind of overlooked when you're when you're not working with a producer or somebody like outside of the band. Like we did everything ourselves with the assistance of uh, our buddy Dave Praka, uh, who like helped like you know uh, record and engineer like the the beginning parts of this record, like all the drum tracking, like he he assisted on. Uh, it was just the four of us, you know. Like we were just trying to do something that like really reflected like our you know our musical ideas and we just kind of took a chance you know it's awesome that's really awesome yeah it was it was really fun you know every every band is always like oh cathartic experience such a cathartic <laughs> experience but honestly like this record took a long time to make you know we we had been writing since like 20 like early, early 2018, I think was like the first demo. So like almost a two year process. And when you don't all live in the same city, like when you're in a band and half the band lives in one town and half the band lives in another part of the state, 
it's difficult. So yeah. it was, you know, a lot of like back and forth and like, I would have to drive three hours to go and practice for like, you know, a day and a half and then, you know, be away from my wife. And Steven was away from his wife and his kids. And it's just like, it's exhausting. You know, it's like, honestly exhausting, but I'm glad, you know, I'm glad that it, it resulted in something that I feel was like the perfect, uh, representation of our band across all that time, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Excuse me if I'm rambling. No, you're fine. That's what this podcast is for. All right. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that, I mean, that's the best part of having guests on, I think is to like really get that, that perspective directly from you of like what this process was like. And, you know, a lot of people don't know like how much goes into writing, how much goes into recording, how much goes into every aspect of, mm-hmm. you know, creating art. It's not just like, oh, I sat around and wrote a song and then like ripped bongs all day. Like there's a <laughs> lot of work that goes into like making I mean, these things. That does <laughs> happen, but it does yeah, happen. Like, but like I I feel like there's there's a fairly common misconception that any kind of art is just like it's a hobby or it's it's easier just like mm-hmm. so people just throw it together in their free time and you know it's it's like there's nothing to it but that's just not yeah it's it's time not consuming the truth for at sure all. It's time consuming and you know it takes emotional energy and uh you know i i'm not going to lie and say it's physically exhausting like manual labor is physically exhausting i just pressure washed my driveway that was physically <laughs> exhausting like playing True. guitar is not physically exhausting but you know listening to a guitar track with a fuzz factory pedal on it for seven hours of a day is like mentally exhausting it's yes. like is this <laughs> am i going too far down the wormhole right now but mm-hmm. yeah like making a record is and it's like a very unique experience you know i I'm not like terribly creative in like other aspects of my life. Like I don't have other artistic, uh, you know, ventures. So I can't really say like, Oh yeah, this is a lot different than like painting or something or sculpting. But I feel like all art has this, like, you know, this emotional energy that is just really difficult to describe to people who aren't like actively invested into that creation process. So absolutely. For sure. It was, it was, uh, you know, it, as I said, it was exhausting, but it was ultimately like extremely rewarding for all of us. Oh, that's, uh, best you can ask for really. I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad, you know, I'm happy that people seem to enjoy it. We've only had like two people be like, "Ugh, it sucks." <laughs> well, they're wrong. They are. <laughs> I, I appreciate that. Yeah. We had some some people on the brand new subreddit like coming oh, at us saying like, "Ugh, it sounds too much like brand new." It's like, don't you like that? Like, yeah. <laughs> what's, why is that a problem? <laughs> I mean, for them, like, we don't really like aim to be like that band at all. Like, you know, honestly, fuck that band. But yeah, right. but it's just that, like, yeah, yeah. Like, it's just crazy to me that people are just out there like hating and like putting so much energy into hating 
at least I mean, publicly, you know? Yeah. Like, I mean, and that's the thing is like, there's so much music out there. Why would you waste your time on like stuff you hate? Like just I go sure find some, just go find something else. There's so much music out there. Yeah, for sure. Like who has the time? I feel like people are going to hit me up after this. If they listen to like, if, if close friends of mine listen, they're going to be like, Andy, you do a lot of hating, dude. <laughs> <laughs> and maybe I do, but at least I don't comment on people's stuff and do it. That's fair. Yeah. Well, Andy, thank you so much for joining us. Yeah. I appreciate yeah. you guys. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Thank you for being here. This has been awesome. Uh, yeah, pick up Dikembe's new record, Muck, uh, from their Bandcamp page or wherever you get your music. It's a very good one. You're going to want this one for sure. Uh, we're going to hear the last track uh, leveled again to close out our podcast. And that's uh, that's going to do it for us. So this has been Left of the Dial. I have been Kitsy. Caleb has been Koi. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll be back next week. But I treasure such a simple time Young and old A light that's slowly fading Who's right to question why We fling our innocence So swiftly Some sights leveled again Eternity Counting, so I'll call you the culprit. The damage is done, complicated, I'm sure, but forgiveness always finds a way to run. You burned in my maybe could have hit just a little tongue. So we'll seek out some closure. To never said goodbye. Well, it won't be the same. It's, it'll never be the same around here without him. But you know something? We can all be very happy that we had a chance to be with him. I said, no. I don't love him a lot. Let's hear it.